Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful mm. Central Coast See if of I remember California. How to do this, yeah. It's the Dr. Death <laughs> Danger Radio up. Show. It's fresh in your mind. I think you got this. Is it? Oh, wait, that's sarcasm. Sarcasm, boy. I'm a roller. I ain't no professional. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Theo Vaughn. No Brian Alvarez. I'm not Brian Alvarez. I'm not whatever podcaster, comedian podcaster having a conversation about some random person about. I'm not Bert Kreisner. Who's that guy that who's that guy that Tom Segura? I'm not Tom Segura and his wife. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Triple D Radio Show with your host. And boys, James and Edward. Ed, it's been a minute. Yeah. What's up? What's good? What have you been up to? Actually, before I forget, <laughs> there are timestamps in the description. If you ever just want to jump forward to any part, the meat of the show where we just do the reviewing, because we usually like to open up with just hangs and conversation. Yeah. We try to keep our best to keep it short, but unfortunately, sometimes we have a bad habit where reasons why we started a podcast is sometimes we might enjoy ourselves talking a little bit. Just say we could be victim. We could be, we could be bad at that. Just say, you know, you make a good point though. When you're like, Oh, you know, I'm not a professional. You know what? That is, that is truth. We have never once tried to claim we are professionals. And I, I think it adds to, I think, I think it's accurate. I think it adds to the charm. Damn straight. Anyway, what's up guys? I'm Edward. Uh, coming back to you again with another stacked card. Stacked um, show. A lot of stuff. Okay. It's not stacked. It's pretty chill. It, it's yes, your typical I have show. hot or not. Don't ask me. I, <laughs> I had, wasn't going I literally to. remember before I left to your pad and we grabbed brekkie burritos. All right. Okay, good. Those are some good brekkie burritos. Yeah. You know what? I did miss having tacos day. It's been a minute. Yeah, I don't live dude. in MB. I don't hang out. And I'm sitting there. I was like, dang, it would be sick if like all the homies be hanging out. Like I'm like thinking if I was in Morro Bay again, it's like, bitch, I want like brekkie burritos. Unless yeah. it's really in the morning. We're feeling like fancy hoes. We can hit up Dorn's. But that's like a spot oh, yeah. where I usually hit up when I was like dating someone. I'm like, do I really want to <laughs> go there with the bros? Like, okay, maybe the pancakes are actually sick enough that I'll go like, Ugh, I'm with the bros at this nice joint. But these pancakes fucking smack. I mean, there's a difference between... I feel like there's a difference between going there for pancakes compared to going to Denny's for pancakes like we used to. So, oh yeah, yeah no, Denny's is just trash, and you just there because it's like <laughs> fuck it, why not? It's trash, but you still used to down like ten of those things. Yeah, oh, I was like, I'm not here to hold a standard. I'm just here to, for just to sit down. It's late, and it's open, and a moons and moons over my hammies aren't half bad to munch on. Those are pretty good. Those oh yeah, pretty good. actually, quick little side story about like where moments of me go like. Pfft, yeah, I'm not doing that with the bros. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I was like talking. I was talking to this one customer that was visiting or so, and they were telling me about their granddaughter who's presenting like a fucking heifer cow at the like mid-state fair, which is going on at this moment, I think, unless oh, wow. it's over, which fucking I think only lasts like a week. Either way, the good mid-state fair. And I'm like sitting there going, and I'm like, all right, cool. It's like, and I'm like telling them, like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the mid-state fair. I'll go there if I'm with a lady. I'm not going to go there with friends. That sounds lame. I'll go depending if there's a cool music act. And I don't remember if there, there was isn't. one this year. Most of the time, if I was to actually go for a music act, I'm not going for the butt rock. I want to go to the mariachi night. I want to see how much of a fucking war zone that is. <laughs> like, you know, I've never been to that, but I've like, actually dude, like, always kind of wanted to like, go. Dude, like, what was it like Delos Tigres or whatever was yeah, playing yeah. last year? And I was like, damn, I wonder how fucking... 
I want to know how lit that night would be. I've always wanted to go to the monster trucks. You want to go they, to the monster trucks? Well, it's not like yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's not what you'd call a life goal, but it's one of those things where it's like you know what I've always wanted to go. As I said, like the fair in general, if I was by myself, I'll go like sweet. So fried food, I'm gonna hang and chill. I say when I was there with a the lady, I was like, dang, this is actually sick. And I see like peace with like couples with their kids, sick. Maybe if you're young and bored, it's sick. I'm old and because I'm like older and adult. And I'm like single, try like you could say awkwardly mingle, but I'm not rolling to the fair right now. You also don't drink, and drinking's a big aspect yeah. of the fair. Yeah, because the fair is fucking like it's chill. Like no fair is chill. It's got its gimmicks, but it's like, dude, this is pretty. Chi- it's pretty chimpsy. I looked up the concerts, by the way. These are the only ones that would like matter to us, and I say that because these are the people we'd recognize. They had Tim McGraw. Oh, dude, fucking Nelly and T.I. Nelly and T.I. <laughs> okay, that'd be hilarious. It's like, bro, you're playing in a rodeo stadium right now. <laughs> what happened? Sammy Hagar. Huh. The B-52s with Lou Graham. Do you know who Lou Graham is? Uh, not off the top of my head. That was the, if I remember right, that's the original singer from Foreigner. <laughs> okay. Luke Bryan and Pitbull with live DJ. Damn, okay, Pitbull would have been sick. Okay. I would have fucked uh, with the Pitbull night. Go see Javi. And I would have fuck it and I would have fucked with the Mariachi night. They're also, Anything else yeah, I'm yeah, like, they, I don't care. Yeah, Fucking the Mariachi was Los Tucanes de Tia Juana. Yeah. They also had in get this title, An Evening of Music and Wine with Sticks. No. <laughs> like the band. It's like, damn, you know you're old when you're like promoting an event of like an evening with wine and sticks. <laughs> uh, Yo, speaking of shows, prior reason why you didn't podcast sooner, because when I was finally available, you were coming off a weekend of seeing fucking disturb and breaking Benjamin. Yeah. So you were we were casually High talking about shit. It. You were casually talking to me about it. You told me the set was cool, but you were about to bring up a story about Hello, darkness, my, my old, old friend. friend. Yeah, so their cover of Sound of Silence is surreal because, like I told you, it's their most popular song on Spotify. It, it's number two on the top five, but it technically has more plays and clicks than Down With The Sickness, their you know, other biggest song. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. By the way, it's a pretty big... And I was thinking, like, yeah, the other song's, like, years old. That one's not. And it's, that it has one's, that's more... That's a 23-year-old song, which, holy shit. <laughs> Man. Um, I remember hearing that record for the first time when I was in, like, middle school. My brother... I think my brother Nick told me about that record. He was like, he was like, Eddie, you need to go check out this album. It'll blow your mind. And I was like, you know what? You It'll got it. It'll blow Nick. your mind. And I threw on that record and I'm like, God, it, this shit blew my mind. It and they, blew my mind. And even though I really like Indestructible, I don't know if they have a record as cool as that. That's a good song and you know it. God damn it. Yeah. But yeah, so Sound of Silence. So, okay. How- we, we saw them at, I, I forget where it was, but I had previously seen Disturbed. At this, uh, at the show in San Bernardino, and they did the song. And it was a simple thing, you know. The guys do their thing. I think they had someone come on with a cello or some other string instrument. This, they went so extra on the Sound of Sounds cover. First off, guitar player Dan, he's playing a piano, which you know, okay, cute. Uh, they have a percussionist out there cute. with their drummer, doing, and he's like going ham on the thing. So Slipknot, <laughs> um. They had a celloist out there. I think they had some other instrument or whatever. They had a crazy light show. Sick. And then at one point, the piano um, gets set on fire. Sick. (laughs) And 
there's a there's a point it wasn't even that windy but there's a point where you see dan like leaning back because he's trying not to get set the fuck on fire sick and you know da- uh, damon's um just um uh he david draymond he's just belting it out and stuff and like i said they've got these lights and other crazy fire shit going along to the super mellow cover of this song of an already mellow song and me and good friends bone steel and uh sorry thomas and miss good friend mr hot or not mr hot or not we were just we were just busting up because i've had just that song had the most production and like budget out of any song that they played that night. And I just couldn't stop laughing, but no, it was a sick song. They, uh, it was a good show. Sick. Uh, so talking about my man's doing shows reasons why we haven't been on this one. Like good two weeks ago. I, yeah, the weekend you were gone for disturb. And the weekend before that, I was off doing a mini little fun run with my like punk band and shit. And I like a story I haven't told you on the pod. I don't think I've just told you. And I guess I'll say it for the podcast. So there was a one night we played that one shitty disaster show in Oakland because TikTok punks fucking don't have etiquette or just too fresh in the scene and do really dumb shit. But they're easy to bully. So I already told that story to you personally. I'm not going to go into too much details on this, but I want to talk to you about my main, the guitar player of like Teenager, who I've dubbed the name. The ass of justice. The ass of justice. So we're literally hanging, and then homie's like telling me, he's like, all right, so I work at a burger joint, and I have this I have this personal policy of mine that anytime I come in, that someone comes in, and they order, and they don't tip, I'm going to fart on their fries. Like, literally, he's telling me, he's like, tippers, beware. I don't care. Even if you have children, I'm sorry if they're caught in the crossfire, but... Blame your ignorance. And we're just talking about, I was like, what happened if they know that like they fart, they, that you fart on their fries? Oh, simple. If they come back, they start tipping again. I was like, they actually start tipping. I was like, damn. No, homie was like, oh no. I've, and he's like, telling us like, oh, I've gotten bad with it too. Like if cops come in and order, I'm putting raw chicken juice on their burgers. I'm trying to get them salmonella and kill them. Fuck pigs. And I was like, damn, bro. Holy shit. I'm like, dude, ass of justice. You're not fucking around. He's like, nah, I'm not fucking around and shit. It's non-tippers beware. I will fart on your this fries. This dude's like a super A cab. And I'm like sitting there like, wait, how what happened if you don't have like what happened if you don't have the ability to fart? I'm just saying, I have a really shitty diet. Like, I'm able to fart like almost on command. But if I can't, sometimes I'll go up to the vent and I'll make sure there's like carbon monoxide on their food too. Cause fuck you, non-tippers. Non-tippers beware. The ass of justice will strike. I was like, damn. Fucking demented. That's pretty like, demented. Jesus hey, Christ. Don't worry. I don't tip. And that's right. Okay, listen. I won't fart on your fries. Okay, listen. Here's the, here's my thing, okay? The fucking... So the, so, the farting is one thing. That's already... Like, that's already got my stomach gurgling in ways I wish it didn't. Yeah, it's The called, chicken juice on the burgers, that's straight up poisoning. Yeah, I know. That's like attempted murder. Yeah, I know. Salmonella can kill you, especially if you ingest it. Yeah, I'm like sitting there, I was like, damn, you ain't fucking around. God damn. And he's like, that's right, fuck pigs, fuck cops. Ass of Justice, uh, freaking 
food man of the people. Oh, dude, seriously, ask for justice. Like so chill, and I say that I can tell you the funnest part about doing the fun run is like other than the show that we personally book and put together, all the other shows were okay, and I was like, it's all cool. But dude, literally the best part is just hanging out with the, like the other band and just bullshitting, hanging out. That's yeah, really that's the funnest time, and you can meet some cool people too. Except like, dude, these fucking TikTok kids fucking suck, but. No matter anyway. I'm just saying we're in Oakland. I'm sitting like fearing that make sure my windows don't get punched in and shit. We're seeing windows that have been punched out. Yeah. We have the homie Romeo going, Oh, look, the Oakland snow. And I was like, huh. Oakland snow. Yeah, that's scary. Me me don't want my shit punched in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I was just saying shit's getting burgled one thing, but also getting your window broken sucks just on top of that. So yeah. No. Which didn't that happen to you in Oakland? Yeah. No, that happened to me in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still, Bay Area is brutal. Bay Area is brutal. I think Bay Area is very window punchy. Yeah. Like any city's window punchy, but like Bay Area, it's like a meme on how window punchy it is. It's like a 50-50 chance you're going to get punched. I'm just saying, you cannot leave shit out. If you do, your shit's just going to get punched. Like anytime my family went up there, uh, that never happened to us. And I think it's because we always parked in the hotel parking lot and just walked everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's also driving around sucks, too. Oh, dude, I hate it. I legitimately hate driving in Southern California is stressful. Yeah, but Southern California. I hate driving in Bay Area. Yeah, but see, Southern California, like, they try to build it with traffic. Right, right. San Francisco, no. No. They did not, like, when the city was built, there was no traffic in mind. No. And thus, evolution, the evolution of life happened, and thus, San Francisco is a nightmare to navigate through. Mm hmm. Nightmare to live in, too. Nightmare to live in, too. As I said, you can't even leave a chill box in your car. It'll get punched in. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, it's just so, pun- like, window punchy there. Freaking, you're going to get that Bay Area snow, and you'll be like, damn. Dad said it used to be pretty fun in the uh, back in the old days when he was riding around with Hell's Angels, though. Well, he ha- he's having on a motorcycle, not having a <laughs> box in a car that's going to have a win- one has windows, one doesn't, all right? Yeah, no, know, we're talking about the issue. Just because your pops is rolling around on a motorcycle with like a bunch of tough bikers, that doesn't mean he's driving around in his truck with no, like no, leaving no. leaving like just a chill like bag there. Dad just, was not going around with the meat wagon. No, he was not rolling around with the meat wagon in San Francisco. I thought he was joking, but no, he really called it used to call it that. Sick. <laughs> Sick. Well, either way, as I said, I could always talk about other stuff in the past weeks. I say I was just mostly busy playing shows, yeah. like new band doing like I like freaking played a show, new band. It did so well. I'm in nightmare of like, God fucking damn it. That show turned out so good that I just know we're now going to be asked to play a lot. Son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm um, just saying it suck. It's like it's brutal. But no, like the show's where it sucks that people like your band and want you to come back. Yeah. And it's like, damn, that fucking <laughs> that's annoying. Because I'm sitting there as like, fuck. Well, either way. Yeah. Either way. As I said, that's my I go more. I'm trying to think there's like sub stories I could say, but those sub stories could just turn into longer stories. Sure. Either way. I could say like, dude, just the Oakland like show itself when I was telling you, bro, that was like a fucking 20 minute conversation to me just telling you like breaking down the whole show, how shitty the kids were, how they're slam dancing slash mixed with hardcore dance. They were like slam dance slash mixed with hardcore dancing hybrid. It's like it's dumb. I don't want to get punched. But as I said, they weren't hard to bully. Right. I'm just saying if you just (laughs) do if you just throw your body like a fucking cannonball, they actually stop. Yeah. I'm just saying I just come up and it's like very I could literally just come up and just shove or just throw him out of the way. I was like, damn. I was like, 
Dude, there is like a fucking ass beater circle pit that riff going on. That gosh is fucking ripping it, and you kids are scared to slam right now. Is it me? Is it me? Because you're like already punched my guitar player in their dick. So freaking like <laughs> you, you weren't about yeah you know, like oh you're not you're not scared to get punchy, but you're get scared uh, when like an older dude just like fucking slamming around, just like freaking like getting jiggy with it. Shit. I think it's your stash. Dude, dude, the scum stash? Yeah, dude. The fuck is... Yeah, yo, beware. It's like really thick. Me, it's not going to get much longer, but it can only get thicker. Yeah. I, well, I'm not trying to get long. I'm just trying to get... Thi- yeah, I'm yeah. just praying for it to get thicker. Hell, let me pull a bone steel. Let me get pay like $15,000 to get the thick stash. Oh, my God. It's like, get that... Yeah, just get like that stash where it's like, damn, did you just like transport from the 1970s? No, but fifteen thousand dollars made it look like I did. I'm just, I'm just was good. I'm just saying with the way the lip hair looks and the way your five o'clock shadow looks. I mean, I'm just saying it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to mosh against you either. Good. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. I'll be mad chilling. Can't handle my style. Deal with it. TikTok punks, beware. Me and Ask Justice will fucking fuck shit up. Yeah, beware, beware, children. Otherwise, you'll get your fries fired on. Yeah, yeah. You James may, will yo, shoulder yeah, check you, you yeah, into you, oblivion. Yeah, you fucking nerds. You b- make sure you always tip, all right? You should always tip. You should always tip. If not, you deserve to get f- your fries farted on. You know, I've seen, uh, really quick before we move on, just on only the subject time, of tipping. The only time non tipping is not a, is like acceptable is the restaurant doesn't give you an option to tip. Sure. Like, we're we're at Taco's Day, and I was like, damn, not giving me the option of freaking, like, tip with fucking Yeah, they just had the tip jar. And I was like, I don't have, I only have big dollars in my, oh, fuck, I forgot to go to the bank today. Shit, don't matter anyway. (laughs) The only thing I see about tipping, though, just really quick before we move on, is I see some, some Americans, but also some Europeans, they look at tipping at some, like, well, when Americans look at tipping weird, I think it's just because they don't want to tip. But apparently, over there in Europe or some places, whatever, there is no tipping tip, culture. There is no tipping culture. They actually so, play. Their, they actually pay their fucking workers. So yeah, well, that's the thing. So Europeans look at Americans that want tip as I don't know some kind of entitlement thing, and it's like no, it's because. It's because most service jobs, unless you're even if you're in a really nice restaurant, you're being underpaid. But then people in America are be like, like remember how we were at wherever you, me, and Dylan were semi. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Me, Dylan, and Jake were at Wingstop, and I told oh, and I'm I made there, yeah. no, sorry, I made a comment to them about how like you know oh let's take our food and throw away, and I made a joke and I said, or if you're like my dad who you know says you know every time we eat somewhere he's like uh like a place where they give us a tray or whatever we can throw our food away he's like no just leave it it's their job to clean it up and i'm just like dad let's can we just throw the food away he's like no it's fine it's fine i'm like all right that kind of thing so like it's true yeah it's their job to clean it up but at the same time for me it's like i've been in the position where if just someone does it, it's just like thank you yeah no that's what i making our lives easier is just nice yeah no that's, that's what i said and i told dad that. i said yeah you haven't been in that spot i said you've had a desk job and he kind of yeah, he didn't like that comment but the point was the oh yeah po- oh yeah a little punk <laughs> Fudge you. The, f- the off. point I'm getting at, point I'm getting at is that yeah, no, you should always tip people, and I don't like the idea that you know people should be like made to be feel guilty for wanting tips. I don't think you should fart on people's fries for not tipping. Mm. I feel like there's a compromise in there, you know. I just feel like listen, listen, just 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 tip people that give you good service. Easy, easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, you ready to roll in the hot or not? Let's go. All right, let's go. That's hot. 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 That's hot.
Yeah, you know what's hot. Yo, what's poppin'? We're back with it's hot or not. Let's see what's good as freaking Jake Bozdeal, aka Mr. Hot or Not, has like brought got us today. Oh, you got a hot or not? <laughs> the look he just gave me. It's like I was like, you knew, but you just playing. Oh, you little teaser. Oh, teasing me around. All right, Mr. Hot or Not, what's good? And we're back. I figured only uh, one week of Dylan Hot or Nots was enough. Anyways, yes. Uh, today we got an interesting one. I think you might have some fun with That's it. That's a shoot. So, uh, long story short, there's a little TMZ drama, little goss, little uh, beef between uh, some people we all watched growing up, that being Bam Margera and uh, Steve-O. Yeah. So basically, uh-huh. Bam just put out this song that he's been working on with these like what? Australian mumble rappers. Uh, honestly, oh, they're, no. they just kind of seem like enabler kind of, you know, shitty people, but whatever. This is like, uh, I guess, I guess it's good publicity for him, but... Basically, Bam features on this song. He's got a whole, like, disverse, uh, if that's what you want to call it, uh, towards the jackass guys and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting track. And Steve-O has responded more lightheartedly for the most part and everything because he knows that Bam is going through stuff. Yeah. But, uh, has, yeah, figured check out the song. Uh, I'm going to do the, the music video because it has the subtitles and everything, and you know some of these guys are fucking hard to understand what they're saying. <laughs> uh, and that is today's Hot or Not. So is Feel Like Bam Hot <laughs> or Not? God, Bam Margera's life just really went downhill the minute Ryan Dunn passed <sighs> away. Fucking for real, bro. And it has not recovered. Uh, watch, there's going to be a fucking ad. Please don't be an app. Please don't be an app. I'm just waiting for it to load. I clicked on the link. All right. All right. A, ja- a half jackass diss track. All right. Ready? Sure. You motherfuckers don't understand. I had to ruin my $20 million element career early and retire my jersey. Fuck them all. I, I, I can never a bitch, Jesus. All I think of when I think of Australia right now is Grice and Walla. What? Never fuck with snakes. I feel like I'm. Yeah, you're not gonna understand. I can understand it a little better than I thought I could. I don't know, man. It's got a cool beat, though. I mean, a little generic, but it still sounds alright. Yeah, yeah. They just name dropped CKY. Yeah. 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 Did Bam just write all these lyrics? That'd be hilarious if he wrote on. That's literally what he sounded like. Yo, I don't have a heart, bitch. I have a heart of gram. Uh, 
lesson from the darkness. This is Bam. Oh, I know. I'm on a slip and slide. And I'm naked as shit. And naked as shit. Ten motherfuckers with a dick ten feet wide. Oh, yeah. Woody, woo, oh, woody, woo. I can do. So drop the mittens in the ring. Double dare not fill. He's gonna be there. So find out if he has the stuff. To find out when I'm gonna fuck you up. That was it. And he revved the motorcycle in my house at fucking 6 a.m. till I ran out. Opened up the door and stepped on all these fucking tacks. You ruined my fucking money makers and you ruined what I love. Professionals? I'm the only one who's pro. Just because we man can do a nose slide on a fucking one foot curb does not mean he's a pro. You do not get little kid points. And Steve-O... You know, yeah, he skates, but he can barely do a rail slide on a fucking flat bar. Meanwhile, we have Corey Juno, Nijak Houston, Chris Joslin, all these motherfuckers breaking their ass. I talked to the Olympics and they all said this is fucked. But I love Steve O big time. But man, fuck him all. Especially Tremaine, he's a greedy fat fucking pussy who made a contract <laughs> that everybody can get hurt except him. Him, 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 him. Fuck him all. Dude, I don't, I am so lost for words right now. I don't even know how to process any of that. Oh my god, that was terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's not much left. Like, I like okay. I laughed a few times. It was funny, and I knew it was gonna be bad. But I thought it was gonna be so bad. It's hilarious, and you know, it could be a thing where I joke like, "Oh, dude, I'm giving that a hot." That was funny. No, that was terrible. Oh my god, that was like, dude, I, fucking bad. I felt like, like I was listening to someone's mental health crisis. Well, that's like, any and that's what day. it was. Christ. Yeah, that's a knot. Yeah, you woke me up at 6 a.m. and you ruined my money makers. I'm like, no, you got arthritis and you got old. <laughs> and he drank a lot. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking um yeah. it's hard to lean into this song without talking about BAM, which it which leads to, you know, thoughts and opinions on BAM. But it's just like, oh my god, just it it was no, I didn't like the the cool the coolest thing, quote unquote, about it was the music was neat. I heard that music. I'm like, this, yeah, this sounds like a diss track beat. Okay, cool. Let's let's get it. But it was just, you know, it was, it was terrible, terrible lyrics. If you could call them lyrics, terrible everything. It was terrible. I'm sorry, Bam. I guess I'm a I guess I'm a fat pussy like Tremaine. You fat pussy like Tremaine. <laughs> We're to sign contracts where we get hurt, but you don't. Huh? I was like, dang. Bam not damn Bam really be tripping on that right now. Homie just mad because he ain't on that jackass like freaking jackass forever. Yep. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> so what oh. do you think? Oh, I love the song. I actually fucked with it hard. You gotta be fucking kidding <laughs> nah, me. Dude, I thought dude, I thought that shit was hilarious and it's player as fuck. And I was like, hell yeah. And you know what? It pisses off nerds like you. And I'm like, all right, I fuck with this. And like, bam, like when he just wrapped himself, I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. And then he just started just like talking about it. I was like, I I hate everyone. And I was like, well, honestly, the fucking like Australian producers, whatever, but at the same time, I was like, dude, these are songs I would meme. I would be throwing this on my Instagram story all time, all day. 
I'm not Yo, saying I'm not I saying I didn't. Hard, I have a harder gram. I was like, I'm dead. I'm dying. I'm not saying I didn't get any humor out of it. I'm saying to look at it objectively. In the case of if Jace asked me, is this a hot or not? It's no. Oh, I give it a hot. Fuck yeah. Fucking god, James. The first hot you give Jake in like how long we've we been doing this? Months. Four years. Months. Is for the ban the terrible Bam Margera diss track. Yeah, dude. And you know what's funny? Sorry, I guarantee sorry, you those I don't have are a heart. I have a heart of Graham. And I guarantee you those Australian producer, rapper, dudes, whatever. I Wait, you didn't watch the music video either. That was also hilarious to like watch along. I guarantee you they know it's bad too, but Bam probably paid them a couple a good couple ten G's and they just they, they made their cash and they're like, Yeah, bam, this is this is for ya. This yeah. is for you, hey, bomb. Hey, yo, bomb. This is for you. I don't I'm fuck. Sitting here. Yo, thank you for the money. We're going to come with a fire beat. Damn, I don't have a heart. I have a heart gram. Hardest line. I don't fuck with snakes. something. I don't fuck with snakes. I feel like yeah. bam. I don't fuck with snakes. I feel like bam. I feel like bam. See, right there. You know this is a hot. I like to do drugs and fuck fans. I feel like bam. Yeah, I, like, I was like, I don't like to do drugs, but I like to do drugs and fuck fans. I feel like bam. I guess you feel like Bam, James. Fucking, I was like, hell yeah. I followed this song way more. Bro, you gotta think of some of these fucking hot ass we get. Peyton Parrish? <laughs> James, like, I'm giving you You think this was better than Peyton Parrish? Oh, dude, fucking way more. Everyone else would rather listen to this than Peyton Parrish. For different reasons, though. This isn't, this isn't listening to something because you like it. This is listening to something because you know it's bad, but you, but you get humor out of it. Yeah, I actually get enjoyment and feeling. Pain Parish Rule is the opposite, where it's like, off. And it's like, this is good music quality. This is bland. The other what? one, yo, I'm sorry, Peyton Parrish, I don't need him and, like, other dudes in black shirts on the fucking beat, on, like, some random rocky beach trying to be all epic. I want to see fucking chicks. Doing with the, Disney covers. Yeah, I want to see chicks in whale tail fucking grinding on some nerd talking about how they feel like Bam. Well, whatever works for you. That's right. <laughs> Jake, you done good. You piss Ed off, and you got me to say and say. Where does it sound like I'm pissed? <laughs> I don't know. You and your limited vocabulary. Let's get to the CAR. All right, let, let me take a pause, get the timestamp, and we'll roll to the CAR. Okay. Just I feeling like bam. All right, now I'm back. We're all good. We're ready for the CR. You ready, Ed? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, what did we? Hey, what did you make? me listen to this week for this episode so yeah, would you make me listen to like three weeks ago <laughs> jeez so this is so this is uh one of my favorite albums from the 1970s this is breakfast in america by uh super tramp um who you know they they get uh they 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 get called a couple different genres, you know. They're like, oh, they're uh, they, they do a couple things. They jam you know, a couple you know, styles. Yeah, you know, they 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 be called art rock, little tiny bits of prog rock and whatever. Yeah. But I just think you know they're just a fun band, and uh, this is the opening track. It's called Gone Hollywood. Um, it's very fun. I give it a hearty six out of ten. It's a very good fun opener it sets the mood and tone for the record well you're gonna hear a lot of this this cool melodies a little bit of rock some sick keys the two vocalists play each father play off each other very well and yeah six out of ten so for me i was like well i might i think i might be confident in the statement here this was some yacht rock tbh to be honest all right 
as individual parts, it was good. As songs, like individual players or whatever, vocalist, the melody, it's all good. But fuck, the song doesn't go anywhere. I'll give it a six out of ten. I'll give it like actually, I give it a light six out of ten. I was like, it's okay, it's okay. So you mentioned yacht rock. My mom told me back in the day, her dad used to like uh, this, uh, used to like this album, and um, well, they were kind of well off folks. So and did they have they, a yacht? They, they didn't have a yacht, but did it, they have it, it a was, boat? Actually, I don't think so, but it was it was their demographic, is what I'm saying. Mm. But it was kind of a hit with the kid. Mom liked it. No, there's like some good songs. Mom here. was uh, 15 when this record came out, so you mm. know, there you go. All right, what's the, on to the next one? Oh, the logical song. Now here's a hell of a song. This was basically the not even basically this this song this record had four singles. This was the lead one. I always liked I always liked the music in this one. Really good lyrics too. Like they're kind of humorous, but they're also kind of like a like you know kind of skating too. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs by them. I gave it an eight. I love this song, and I think it has one of the best saxophone sections in the history of this art. So, yeah, Logical Song 8. So, for Logical Song, this is the original, right? Yeah. So, I've heard this song being covered oh. by this lad. And I was like, that when I first heard what it, I was the like, fuck. So, when I like first lo- when I was first was like, damn, is this the original? I was like, where do I remember hearing this? And I'm like, that's right. My boy Scooter fucking covered this oh song. Oh my god. This is Scooter? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait till Scooter comes in. Now, for me personally, about the Super Tramp, I was like, okay, I think this is the original, or is it a cover song? I don't know. I think I've heard it before. Either way, it's a casual banger, but I've heard better versions like this. I'm just saying, Scooter! Hold on, I need to hear this. I need to hear where this goes. My mom is gonna be so pissed when she hears this. Now, for me, I give this a fucking I give the scooter version an eight. Super Tramp, I give it a seven. Good ass lyrics, tight ass melody. <laughs> That's not the lyrics! Scoot. Damn, I guess he just covered the melody. I'm so used to this version. So, this, this is the equivalent of freaking Bieber jacking that love me, say you love me chorus for his song. He just used it as a, as a, he used it as a bass. But for real, alright, so. Super Tramp, 7 out of 10. Scooter, 8 out of 10. Don't know why. That's how it is. I think your mom's going to ban me from hanging out and watching the last episode of Supergroup after this. Just saying. Maybe I should prolong. Maybe I should prolong the update. Upload. I'm saying. Either way. Next song. Oh, boy. Now a very harsh shift in energy. I apologize. Oh, just give me a sec. Oh man, that made me lightheaded. Cause like I don't know why, but I'm like sweating in here right now. Yeah, it is hot. All right. it, it is toasty in here. So yeah, that, no, I'm sweating too. Maybe, so that I, combined know, with I'm getting over mild illness, you know, okay, well, I'm gonna throw more, on a fan. Yeah, sure. You know that combined with get, I'm getting There's also over, a fan behind you too. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. But that combined with you know, I'm getting over mild illness. I was laughing. Oh, dude, I almost fell out of my damn chair. He was like, I couldn't. <laughs> 
That was very harsh to go I from Super Tramp to wake, Scooter. I didn't wake up today thinking we were going to go from Bam Margera diss track to off audio you ranting about Peyton Parrish to Super Tramp to Scooter. You have to understand that is a volatile combination of shit to happen in 10 minutes. Anyway. Seven out of ten. Let me just cut to the chase. Ah, you ain't fucking around. It was good all the way through. It takes a little long to to get to the parts where it becomes great, but when it gets there, it stays there. I always enjoy this one. There's an outro section at like four forty that's sick too. But yeah, yeah, this is seven. It's a fine song. So for me, I wrote down. Okay, this is like a licensed banger. I feel like I've heard this in movies all the fucking time. Yeah, it's been in a few movies. So it's that licensed banger, but. I fuck with it. I gave it seven out of ten. By yes, yes, it's been yes. Nice. It was like sitting. It's like I've heard this in movies all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, oh when my I, god. When I when I when I first bought the album and it got on this song, I was like, why does this song sound familiar? Then it got to this part and I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard this in a bunch of places. Yeah. So yeah. The the license the license banger. <laughs> all right, next one. Breakfast in America. So, Title track. Yeah, what's, what's good? Short and sweet. I really don't have much to say about it. I think this is only like a, I think this is only like a three minute song. But uh, yeah, no. Oh well, yeah, that's short. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I have a feeling with this album, there, there's a couple songs that go in a minute. But yeah, it's short and sweet, and it's good, and I like it. I give it a solid six because it doesn't really go. I mean, it's, it's short, simple. It's in and out. But I think it's a. I'd say it's a strong six. So for me, I wrote down a little bit. The song was kind of just there, and honestly, low kid, low key mid. But it was good though. I'll give it a six out of ten. I wasn't on Anger Street yet. All right, I wasn't going like all right. Well, you did just come off the you did just come off the scooter song, quote unquote, and the licensed ba- banger. So it is a bit of a drop. I can concede. We're getting there. It's a drop. But hey, let's go on to the next one. Oh, darling. Oh, and darling. I'm not talking about the Beatles song on Abbey Road. Calm down, Jake. Calm down there. The, uh, why? Why would you? Wait, what, is that like a song uh, that no, Jake's just like? No, it's just like such a banger. No, it's because no, Jake hates but, the. It's because I know Jake hates the Beatles, but he won't ever say he hates them. He'll just say they're overrated. Oh, you did. Weird side off story about the Beatles. So when I was kicking out of the show, I was talking about Tony Molina with oh, Jay yeah? Fro- with our friend Jay Frost and shit. Because I heard like Tony Molina has like the funniest like statement. Like has funny of the great elitist, but funny. Ass musical statements like one talking about power violence who go like hey if you weren't in the fucking van with no comment or captions casualties doing who knows what level sketchy shit you're not power violence and straight edge bands doing power violence that sounds like just gentrification <laughs> or the funny dude or good line which it's hard to say he he like sat there it's like damn anthony fantano like your band you know you fucked up when someone like that likes your music See, I can fucks with that because I don't like that guy. So, Or the funniest one where Tony Molina goes like, my biggest inspirations of just like my life musically is one, the Beatles, and two, Agents of Satan. 
I'm just like, and I'm just like repeating out my insane, but the vibe is there. That guy, that I don't know, that guy feels like a guy. I don't know if I'd like him for sure. I feel like I'd be very 50 50. Oh, dude, but I, the good 50 would be awesome. Oh, dude, I was literally rolling up when I saw Tony Molina and he was bullshitting with the Foster Brothers, talking about how Deeds of Flesh and some other band had beef. And it was because the drummer Mike Hamilton banged some bitty that this band, like, was like one of the members of the band, like, fucked with. Like fucked with hard, but I guess just like he banged this bitty and like she was a little heartbroken. So they fucked with Deeds of Flesh on a show where they took forever to set up and played an extra long set and Deeds had to cut their set short. Funny ass shit. God, what a rabbit hole. Yeah, dude. No, no. I'm saying that's a Tony Molina rabbit hole for her. I'm done. I'm done. I don't even know where we're at right now with Super Tramp. Oh, darling, not the Beatles song. Uh, Here, I'll just say I'll say my. Sure, I'm pretty go, quick. Honestly, the song's kind of mid and skippable for me. I gave it a five out of ten. That's what I said. It's the overlooked song on side A, but I think it's still cool. It's a step down, but a fun mid pacer. I gave it a low six because, like, I I look at five as a song that's where it's not a bad song, but it's definitely like a little. It's less than. Like, five is acceptable. Like, five is a scale of acceptable to not good to, or to not as good. But six, you know, is, is a range of, like, it's it's good to it's all right to no, it's really good. And I think it's it's good. I think it's just it's a mid-six. It's a mid of a mid-six. So, yeah, six. All right, next song. Okay, I wonder if we can... Take the long way home. I wonder if we can... Speaking of long, I wonder if we can finish our reviews before the music actually comes in. So, it's a... Sh- I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing give, a little sound, so... I'm giving this song uh, a good, strong eight. I love this song. I love the piano, the melodies, and everything. Shit just rules. This intro lasts a while, but... So, I don't know if you audience will be able to hear much of it, but if you can't, look it up. This song's amazing. Trust me. Eight. That's it. Now, on, there are times on this show we all have different opinions. <laughs> I didn't like I feel like Bam, and I love I feel like Bam. This yeah. is one of those situations where we have different opinions. I wrote down, yep, this just did not hit for me. Five out of ten. Oh, come maybe on. Maybe it was long. Maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe I should give it a second listen. But at the time when I was listening to this song, I was like, dang. Wasn't that a harmonica? I can also tell you. You have a harmonica. I actually remember what happened on this day. I was like, it was a fuck day. I don't know why. It was one of those evenings where I had to be up late and I like had to like got no sleep and I had to go to work the next day and I was fucking like caffeine faded doing like a, a fucking job on a very hot day. Just slamming water and just taking my time and making sure shit looks pretty. And I'm like listening to this album. It's like, bro, I just want to listen to this fuck grind right now. Oh, duh. It was after the Sulfuric Cottery show that played the night prior. Ha. So maybe I wasn't in the best of mood. Lolo, I fuck with the logical song, so I don't know. I said, maybe I said. Maybe on a second listen, it was good, but for me, it just didn't hit. So, five out of ten. Go hey, we back. actually, like, finished our reviews, and, like, right as the music kicked in. Yeah, there we go. Maybe I just have much to say. Maybe. Well, I was telling you how I felt when listening to that song. I'm yeah, saying. no. Was it's, I in the best? I've, I've had years with this song. This was maybe your first time hearing it. I feel like that song's been in movies, too, but I can't name one off the top. Dude, your phone is blowing up. Yeah, I was like sitting there like, dude, literally like six random messages came in. I'm like, damn. See, I, I can hear his phone because a little bit of stage. He's sitting bl- on the snare. Yeah, you see, James doesn't sit behind a desk or a table. He sits behind a drum set when we record and he puts his phone on his snare. So I can hear like a... 
rattling off the thing. So this song is called Lord Is It Mine. It's a reflective sad boy ballad involving lyrical imagery about the Lord. So naturally I like it. Uh, it's a good ballad. And unless you count Long Way Home as like a bat, like a full on ballad, this is like the first and I think technically the only real like ballad on this record. I gave it a six. I can understand how for some it might dip into the five territory because it's not like crazy memorable, but I don't think it's forgettable either. It's because I mean, it's not like this album is super high paced anyway, but this is the this is the slowest paced song on the record. But I like it. I like how pretty it is. So I wrote down another song I would just skip. Five out of ten. It's funny because this song came Bro, out. I'm in, telling you, I was fucked up on this day when I was listening to this. Well, album. this song is funny to me because like it came out in 1979, but this song sounds like a ballad from like 1982. Eh. Eh. Well, it's 70. It's about to get in the 80s. Yeah, no, we're 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 just about there. No, we're in that transition period. This yacht rock. It's like how when we were talking about Zeppelin, you know, it's like we get to the 69 albums and we're like, oh man, this sounds like 1974. And it's like, well, you know. Well, we're getting there, yeah. All right, but yeah, next song. Next song. Just another nervous wreck. Damn, he just like me. Fr. Fr oh. for realsies. Damn. <laughs> I like this one. It 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 um it uh, so obviously it's we're building up to it, but when it gets there, it has some good rock and build up and execution, and I just love its groove and vibe. Fairly aggressive lyrics and delivery too. Had a pretty smexy guitar solo as well. Right. So I actually ended up giving this one a uh, a light seven. I was just really feeling this one when I listened to it. So I, mean, I listened to this album before, but when I threw it on to listen for the show, I'm like, yeah, that song's cool. All right, so for me, I thought like you said, like what the like lyrics and the vocals were a little aggressive. Yeah, compared to other songs on the record. Yeah, I just wrote down this song was a little melodramatic, but <laughs> it had some charm. And you know what? Coming from three straight fives, I gave this a six out of ten. So, not the worst. All right, casual conversations here. I'll read right. this. I'm yeah. gonna. I have it pretty quick. I wrote down honestly, this was some quick filler. Five out of ten. Now, Ed, tell me how you feel about the song. Well, every time the song comes on, I always think to myself, "Wait, is this Steely Dan? Wait, no, this is." This is uh oh, no, this is super, super tram. tram. This the music kind of always like for some reason parts of the music always kind of reminded me of the Mash theme song, but this is de- and I wrote here. This is definitely a mellow filler track. It's a finger snapper, and it's this is a song you def have to be in the mood for. And I kind of question the placement of such a track at like you know the end of the record, but it's a good song. Good song. I give this one a low. Um, I actually, this is the song where I was like, is this a high five or a low six? I ended up giving it a low six because I don't think there's anything objectively wrong or bad about it. But yeah, I still give it a low six all the same. It's cool, though. It's cool. All right. On to the next one. La- is it the- this is the last song? Yeah, this is yeah. the last song. The Child of Vision. The well, seven Child of Vision. The seven and a half minute epic. All right, tell me about the seven the s- minute half minute epic. The song sounds like in places an eighties montage song, but it was written in the seventies. Seventy nine. We're yeah. in the transition period, bro. Maniac literally came out like the next year. Where the oh, song wait. Maniac? Oh wait, it did. Really? No way. No fucking was it Flashdance? Flashdance was eighty, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is a fun song. It's lengthy, but to me, not a moment was wasted. Vocals are good. There's a six. There's a sick ass piano solo that transitions into a sick saxophone solo. It's good stuff. I gave it a seven. This song's a lot of fun. Uh, so for me, I wrote down a seven minute jam away song. And it feels like, honestly, it just stays in place, and I would have given it a five, but damn it, the piano solo was the vibe, and I'm like, fuck it. I gave it a six out of ten. It's good stuff. The piano solo saved this song. (laughs) So, yeah. Obvious. So what I personally thought of the record, I think you hyped it up for me. It's like, man, dude, me and my parents, we love this album. And I'm listening, like, yeah, this is some yacht rock, and I like, do that like period of five, just that straight fives. But I'm just like, bro. Nah, I was pretty fucked up at the time. I told you, I was not like that day. I had the fucking. You picked cap- the weirdest times to listen to these records because sometimes it's these like when you're hiking co- or whatever. But sometimes it's like when you're in a fucked weekend or or you're like. These you're, are the most you know? like convenient times where I'm in the most mundane spot where I can likely focus. But I'm also doing something at the same time. See, whenever I listen to these albums, I'm either in the car or I'm or I'm like or I'm gaming. Bro, I can't type when I'm driving. Fuck that. I need to do it in a. I'm doing it in situations. Well, you could. You shouldn't. But you could. Yeah. Or yeah. It's like I'm gaming. It's like, bro, I'm not gaming. These are so it's either I'm doing some organization chill, like kind of work thing while at work, or I go take a nice hike where it's just like I just me. I listen to tunes and my thoughts. That's just where these are more appropriate times. Yeah, no, that's. Fair. And it was weird. It's weird, but. So I. Well, maybe you're the weird one. I don't know. Well, I mean, no, I was just, I was just contrasting that. It was the situations where Maybe I'm listening you're to not the albums. Sitting there and you're out in a space where you could truly embrace the amount of music. No, you dork. I'm saying that I'm in, I'm just in casual, low mental stress situations when I listen to these records. That that's all. Hey, I'm hiking. I'm not stressing. And when I'm working, doing something long, I'm not stressing. I just had a I just had a long evening the night prior. Right, right. I was like just chilling. Or, or like I was all, I was all Steve with the homies, fucking like harassing Oscar during Hyperblast. Just all Guggenheim, all right. Or like I, or I remember when we listened to that Elvis record and you listened to or it having, on the way home from a like, show. Or having just like stiff conversations with Canadians. Just saying. So out of a score of a hundred, this this record got a sixty six for me. I like this record. I I guess I can understand why it wouldn't be anyone's cup of tea. But you know, I'm a simple guy. It's some good music with some good lyrics. I'm just like, yeah, with with some bangers, some filler. But I think the I think the quality of the bangers outweigh the the met of the filler. And yeah, I, I truly think this is one of the uh, uh, this is one of the great albums of. Uh, well, I can understand if of all times a little melodramatic, but I do think it's one of the best albums from the seventies. So there, yeah, that that's 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 just my thoughts. It's a it's an album I semi grew up with. Uh, my parents liked it, and it, it's one of the um, it's one of the family albums, so to speak. So yeah, that and and I, and I think it holds up. I think the oh yeah, this is that piano solo we're talking about. This yeah. shit is righteous. Yeah, like this uh, saved the song for me. Well. So do you want do you want to go back to the book? We should. Okay. I've been ha- I've been holding a very strong, vigorous piss right now, so I need to go pee. So we'll be back with the main event slash try to figure out what the fuck we're listening to next week. Sounds so. good. All right, listeners, give us a moment. All right, I'm back. I took a nice, good piss. Didn't count you in. You look like you're about to stab me in the parking lot. <laughs> Was good. All right. Let's figure out what we'll listen to next week for the C A R. Uh we decided, well, James decided because I asked him uh 
He was like, you know, we haven't done the 2000s pretty much. No, you ever. asked me, he was like, hey, what decade would you like to do? And I'm like, bro, we barely do. We even don't know when the last time we touched the 2000s. Let's go there. Fuck it. Let's be dangerous. Okay, here we go. Left, right, forward, back, right. triple we'll the, on the, the attack. The section's way smaller, so it's harder to do it. And all right, here we go. All right, run in. I saw the red album first. Which one's that one? Uh, what's this? The Bones of What You Believe by Chiverches. It's churches with a V. Wow, well, let's listen to fucking churches then. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about the album being a thing of the past, says Church's Martin Doherty Do telling Pitchfork. Yo, Doherty? Oh, definitely. Oh, Pitchfork. <laughs> Oh, you know we got issues there. And people just finding their favorite songs on streaming services. But this album was very much made with the listening experience in mind. We see Quince dip for vinyl. There's a side A and a side B. A lot of great records were done that way, so it made sense to us. Appropriately, the release of The Irresistible, The Mother We Share, Recover, Gun, and Lies, before the album meant the bones of what you believe sounded more like a greatest hits than a debut with their profile boosted by blogs and rave reviews. The Glasgow trio Doherty Lane and cook and singer Lauren, oh, sorry, Doherty Lee and cook and singer Lauren Mayberry found themselves in the upper echelons of charts worldwide. I've literally never heard of this band. Um, oh, I've heard of the name churches before, but have I listened to them? No. Uh, let's see here. An imaginative choice of covers played live and on the radio, including where are these all covers, uh, including Whitney Houston's "It's Not Right But It's Okay," Janelle Monae's "Tightrope," and Prince's "I Would Die for You" kept interest bubbling. But their own songs proved classics in the making, marrying the sparkly flourishes of touring partners Passion Pit to the icy, <laughs> that's a mouthful fuck to the icy beauty of 1980 synth pop and the pulse of witch house they revitalized a formula made familiar by scene leaders such as Grimes alright uh, the sheen was given an edge by Mayberry's lyrics whose poppy delivery bailed the bleak likes of I'll be a gun and it's you I'll come for and all that's golden is never real my mom told me that she thinks my, the mom. my mom told me she thinks the lyrics are very morose, the singer admitted, to Rain Rock City Camp. In a way, I think that's nice because it contrasts in a way with the cute stuff. Martin described it as pop with teeth. I quite like that. So, okay. It's 12 songs in 48 minutes. Cool. Cool. All right. That's not too bad. Fuck yeah. Let's uh, fucking go. Let's go right now. Ah, you ready for the fucking main event? Uh, I guess. Oh, hell yeah, let's go right now. What happened last time on Supergroup? Previously on Supergroup, five rock stars touched down in Vegas and embraced their mission. Oh my god! Become a band, make new music, and play a live show in just basically recapping days. like the actual like fucking show. What happened was a bunch of bullshit. Singer Sebastian Bach's high octane enthusiasm. Yeah. And frontman ego. Yeah, you guys don't get it. I'm not doing it. Tested his bandmates' nerves. Sebastian. Sing. Add enough alcohol. Sing. And things turn toxic fast. I turned around to Jason and I said, this is going to get serious in about 10 seconds. This is called right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the fight. Quote, unquote. In the aftermath, a tearful apology. 
Hey, dude. Hey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's right. Sebastian's drinking. Morning, you guys. Hey, dude. Drink, it numbs it out for a minute, and then it's just worse tomorrow. Leading to an ultimatum. You can't drink, dude. You can't drink, but dude. Just a few hours after he swore off liquor, the promise was broken. Eat, drink, and be fat and drunk. You know, we were having an issue trying to remember what happened last time, and yeah, but we don't get these. So that's what happened last time on Supergroup is that, yeah, no, uh, Sebastian has a bad habit with drinking, I guess. Apparently. Like, he's already fucking annoying sober, but he's just, I guess, just as a little bit more annoying when drunk. I, I, I feel like the big issue comes in the fact that when he's drunk, he gets very hands-on, it looks like. Or I don't know. It's just, I wouldn't want to deal with Sebastian Bach. So I don't think I want to deal with Sebastian Bach sober. So all that stuff that was like, what happened last time? We, what happened last time? We open up by following up with none of that at all. Yeah, I, we literally, as the episode opens, like, Wait, what the fuck happened last time? Usually these episodes kind of like bring up casually what happened last time. Yeah. Like in the beginning, there's a little bit of fallout, but we're sitting here like, yeah, what the fuck happened? I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Nikki Benz rolled up and freaking like, like Baz is drinking, pissing off Evan and just like you have like Ted Nugent going, oh my God, girls are showing their booty. What the hell? That's The episode literally ended with Evan Seinfeld glaring at Sebastian. And then we wake up the next day and not even like no comment about it. Yeah, we wake up with Ted going, being in a radio interview. Yeah, we just go straight to radio interview. You remember when Sebastian had a radio <laughs> interview? There was like a buildup and a process to get his ass there. Yeah, yeah. I guess Ted just showed up and just started talking. Well, I don't want to make presumptions about the man, but uh, I feel like Ted Nugent doesn't need a lot of motivation to go somewhere and talk, especially about himself. Fuck, you're not wrong. And he wakes up at seven. So I guess, yeah. you know what? Maybe Ted is a responsible PR person. He says annoying to person to deal with, but maybe yes. responsible in his jobs and duties. I love the radio, he says, because they play my songs all the time and it pay and it and it writes checks. Sick. Well, Ted- he was also talking about like I love going on radio, they play my songs, like going up and talking and promoting, and that in turns have people come to my show, buy my shirts, and then it in turns makes checks. Yeah, yeah. Baby. Ted's like, you know, Ted on the radio interview, he's like, you know, oh man, this shit is so sick. I rock with these rock and roll maniacs. And then and then we see the democracy dollar bill. Yeah. I was like, all right. It's literally a dollar bill with these five, well, four goobers, because I like Jason Bonham. Jason Bonham is But the four goobers and Jason on this dollar bill, this is democracy. It's the worst. It's the most kitsch thing in the universe. And (laughs) oh, yeah, that's right. He and he's also getting mad that they're playing music in between his interview. Yeah. Because keep in mind, this is a radio show. This isn't like satellite radio talk show like a Howard Stern or something. Like, no, no, this is a radio show where they, you know, play songs. And he's getting mad. You know, he's going on, he's just being rude to them. He's saying, like, you know, I woke up at seven to be here and all that. And I woke up at seven to be here and you're playing Puddle of Mud. Yeah, he's pissed they were playing Puddle of Mud, which even in 2007, they were still more relevant than six. Even more more relevant. Than Ted Nugent yeah, at this I'm time. Yeah, I'm sitting there and just like, wait, Puddle Mode's way more relevant band than your ass. Yeah. How about you calm down? Blurry Why made them so a mad? lot of money. Yeah, I know. I forget. And, um, and you just like have these like, and you just see all the people in the stu- this like radio studio. They're just so worn out. It's like, can we get this guy done yet? 
Yeah, you know, he comes in, they're all smile and bright eyed, but then near the end, they're just like sardonically frowning and just, you know, they're not making eye contact with him and like, shit. Can we get this fucking guy out of here? It's so annoying. <sighs> Yo, we have like a rock radio that actually people want to listen to and maybe want to listen to newer bands. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, no one wants to listen to a fucking stranglehold on repeat. Got you in a strangle. So, no, 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 no free for all. <laughs> Sorry, free for all. So, and then we cut to Scott and Evan recording something. Just doing work. Yeah, they're just working. They're working, doing music. I, was this when Evan started? I was like, I really want, I really want to try to cover a biohazard song. Yeah, I think he makes a comment of it, to, a yeah. comment to Scott. And Scott's like, yeah, cool, I'm down. And Scott's like, you know, New Scott's New York, talking about how yeah. he feels like how he feels like Scott, like not Scott, sorry, Scott's saying how he feels like everyone's antsy because it's only two days, by the way, till the show. Next episode is the like season three. finale. No, because they only have twelve days, then they're on day ten. True. Yeah, and this is the last. It's and this true. is next week is the last it's episode. True. So like, you know, and we've barely we've maybe seen half an episode worth in total of them practicing. So, oh, and so now, Do- sorry. Um, we then see Sebastian and his gnarly bed hair eating sandwich. I wrote editing sandwiches. Eating sandwiches, watermelon fruit, and fruit. Yeah, having shades on with his shades it's on. Just like homies, just hung over. Like they're in, and he's not outside. He's in the middle. He's of the in kitchen the kitchen with like sunglasses on, just trying to have like a nutritional breakfast. <laughs> it was so he that that was the most we, we could you, we could say you know as joke whatever that he's washed. That's literally the most washed out he's ever looked, at least on this show. Yeah. Uh, we see Evan saying how, oh my God, yeah, you oh cracked God. up at this when Evan was talking about how Sebastian, I'm throwing up air quotes, assaulted him while drinking. Sebastian assaulted me while while he was drinking. I'm like, technically, yes, and it was just a little play fight, but... And remember, Evan was like smiling and laughing when Sebastian like was first like tackling. Yeah, but on just him. it was like Sebastian assaulted me. I was yeah. like, assault is such a gnarly descriptive <laughs> word. And I'm like, I don't know if it's like a, on a technical sense, yes, but it doesn't. He wasn't mean assaulting you. Yeah, I think you, you just got. I think you, oh, sorry, tough tattoo man with big peepee hurt that Sebastian Bach out a drunk Sebastian Bach out wrestled him. Yeah, and then Evan clocked him in the face afterwards. So it's like, what's your fucking problem? You know what? Just saying, as tough guy Evan is, low-key a diva. Uh, not Sebastian diva, but, well, they all kind of are, really. Divas, yeah. Except for Scott, in a way, and obviously, you know, not well, Jason. Yeah. Damn, how, like, out of everyone, it's like, you know what? I would want to kick out of a show and kick it with Jason. I probably would have like, wanted as to- this like show goes on, like Scott is just a dork, but yeah. I think it's just like it's because he's just fanboy. Like I'm sure yeah, he's, Scott, he's fanboy. I'm yeah. sure Scott would be cool to kick back. I'm sure he'd be fine. But out of everyone, I think literally it's like Jason's like like literally you go up like Jason, can you be in my band? Jason is the kind of guy. I, Jason Bonham feels like you could do anything with him. Go get a beer, have a barbecue, be in a band together, yeah. talk uh, t- talk about business and politics. Yeah. Like he just seems like the most mellow guy. Only, well, I'll get to it later. Um, Doc then has a meeting with Evan and Jason, and he comes to them talking about how Evan thinks that Doc needs to talk to Sebastian and Doc, you know, about the drinking and whatever, because 
This episode and then you just is see really trying like, to, yeah, yeah, you're just dealing with like what 12 days, what I've dealt with for 12 years. Yeah. And, and 12 do- days and, with and, 12 years. And Doc says this thing where he's like, you know, that's why Sebastian is stuck the way, you know, stuck where he is. And Evan says, you know, he's too good a singer and a dad to be wasting himself drinking. And he I'm like, sitting there, I was like, wait, homie has homie bread. Yeah, I said that he last week. Kid? I said I said that like I, I think whatever episode when the wives came over because Sebastian makes a uh, Sebastian's wife made a comment about how like she stays home with the kids. I'm like Sebastian Bach has fucking kids. Yeah, but yeah. you know I've been away for a couple. We've been away for a couple weeks, and I don't have that factoid is stuck in my head. But yeah, like they're playing this up like he's a super bad alcoholic. And granted, I'm only going off what we see by the show, but like. Yes, we saw him drunk screwing around with Evan, but like the dude just drinks cheap wine. I mean, I feel like that's not the gnarliest. For- I'm not even going to deny maybe he's an alcoholic, but he just doesn't give off super alcoholic vibes. Well, he's he has super al- like he drinks alcohol. He's fucking annoying. Yeah, but he's already annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he it just amplifies it. All right, alcoholic be you waking up and he's hitting the fucking booze. It's just like That's true. he just hits the late at night. The show's over. Done, done a good workday booze hit, and then it gets hammered. Fair. So then they bring in this uh, dresser lady to bring in. Co- well, I say costumes, but you yeah, know. dude, they've had this like dress, like this fucking like costume wardrobe lady before. Yeah, where they've like ogled at her, and she's back in. I'm just like, bro, why? Why bought? Well, you need something for content for TV, I guess. Like, yeah. like I get it. You think you think in theory it'd be like entertaining where you have this person try to get these boomer rock stars to like change up their like at fashion a, at sense a, at a certain and po- try to maybe look cool with each other when they perform live. But in theory, it's like, oh, dude, that that would just be clashing with her. And it's like, no, nah, they got bad attitudes. They're not gonna do that because they're cool. And I'm like, no, they're not cool. Yeah, they're fucking lame. And it's just making this chick a nightmare. And I'm more supportive of the chick because one, friggin', I don't want her in that situation. It's like you might as well just go home. Home. That's what I was going to say. On paper, I could see how these soulless executives are like, haha, this will be funny. But in, in execution, a, it's, it's, like, it's, it's annoying and uncomfortable. It's annoying and it's uncomfortable. It's like, damn, dude, they're just really giving this chick a hard time. And how would I just. And she's not, it's like, and like, she's not a chick that you would even hate. No. No, she's actually, literally just doing her job. I forgot yeah, to write You know what the problem is? She is, probably makes more money than at least two of them. I'm just saying, you know what the problem is? They try to bring in people that you would think would be unlikable, and then like you think these rock stars with their sick attitude yeah, yeah. would most likely be like freaking like yeah, even their van existence. Or and whatever. the idea is, yeah, watching these watching these down to earth rockers refute these you know these these corporate people is going to be funny and cool. No, or whatever. it's the opposite. These it's the opposite. No, these rockers fucking suck. I would never want to hang out with them except Jason Bonham. Except Jason Bonham. And they keep harassing these people just trying to do a job. Yeah, these people literally just sound like, I mean, yeah, sure. There is a couple times where like Valerie and whatever the PR dude's names, you know, they're talking about image and rock and selling these. Where I'm like, okay, and Doc. And you where I'm like, it, okay, yeah, you, you guys like, are just yeah, being. That's right. Don't change your morals. You guys are who you are. Yeah, there's a couple times like, when they say stuff where I'm like, okay, you know, you're just being, that's just corporate talk. But they are infinitely more sympathetic than these rockers yeah usually the people that you're not supposed to be sympathetic for are so, that are your are that you are sympathetic for and then these rockers you're not sympathetic for because he's like honestly no fuck you i really th- i really think you I, you know what i didn't i think you're right i think they made these situations where they thought we would think that the rockers are these badass rebels 
But instead, they just come off like annoying assholes. Just annoying fucking assholes. They're divas. And it's like, no, I don't want to work with you. I don't want to deal with you. Get the fuck out of here. Now, in the Rocker's defense, if you were to ask me, well, what was this wardrobe that she brought for them? It was literally just generic dad rock attire, you know, like cowboy hats and jeans. Oh, wow. Not offensive at all. Hey, we literally just need, hey, yo, Ted, can you just pop out a leather and maybe throw on some like, like pop out of the denim and throw on some leather? Yeah. Maybe spice up your attire. You got Ted, just go like, nah that's not me nah it's like fuck you're so annoying like seriously can someone just throw a brick at your face already it goes a step further because he's then he starts just roasting her he calls her to her face and i'm like sitting there i was like nah hey don't be roasting this pretty lady fuck oh yeah he's literally roasting her hair to her face he literally tells her why am i gonna take advice from a lost girl with purple inserts you part of a clown show i was like whoa 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 one, this chick's a babe. Fuck you. Yeah. Why are you fucking harassing her? Dude, I literally... Second, just, why are you harassing her? She's just doing her job. She's doing her job, and she's a babe. Fuck you. Yeah. And like I said, these people they're bringing in, these PR people, these hairdresser yo, people that women. they're all making... Well, yeah, yeah. Yo, Ted only likes it when they're 14. Not when they're like 28, actually have some style and have a career. And self-respect. Yeah. How dare a lady have self-respect? That's, just, that's the whole 10. reason he hates Danushka is because she talks back to him. Yeah. And she's not going to take his bullshit. Yeah, but if Ted literally was on the opposite end, Ted would be like, mm, mm. And let's be honest, these wardrobe and hair people that they bring in that they keep refuting, they probably got a good payday for this to get to show up and get verbally harassed for half an hour. And they probably make more than them anyway. It's the issue is it's like they bring in people that you actually would like. And it's like, no, please don't harass the hot lady. Yeah. And the fucking like with like the blue hair. Yeah. yeah. Freaking like with like that whale tail. Like, I feel like we're Damn. supposed to think that Valerie and her home and the yeah. other guy, How we're supposed Val- to, we're supposed to think that they're a bunch of corporate squares, no. but I'm like, these guys come off so much more relatable. Yeah. They than seem these guys. more nicer. So much cooler. I'm like, Paz, quit harassing Valerie. That's not cool. All right. Stop I did it. think it was funny when Evan was asking, hey, wear the leather vest. And the lady's like, oh, it wasn't in the budget. I'm like, you didn't have leather vests in the budget? Oh, damn. <laughs> so then Evan goes to talk to Ted to try and teach him a bi- <laughs> to teach Ted Nugent a biohazard song. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> you just have Evan going like. Hey, can we please do a biohazard song? Actually, yeah, you're right. He's half, like the this epi- half, half this episode yeah. is him trying to, f- is him forcing people to learn biohazard. I'm just like, it is. And he's just sitting there, he's like, yeah, check out the drift. And it's like, yeah, you can feel it. It feels evil and demented. I'm like, there's a reason why you're not in biohazard. I was like, isn't biohazard a New York hardcore band? Everyone yeah. like, talk, don't go and go evil and demented. It goes like, yeah, that riff is hard. Yeah. That shit goes hard. You're so butt rocky, Evan. Stop it. <laughs> It's like, damn. I have listened to New Yorker Evan Seinfeld. I have listened to Evan Seinfeld's solo projects away from Biohazard. And yeah, he definitely leans more onto the new metal y like butt rock territory kind of side. Whereas the other Biohazard guy, Billy Bio, he's I mean, yeah, he's done some other stuff, but he's mostly on like the thrash punk side. Thrash punk New York. So when so when the two come together So when the two come together, you get Biohazard, but on their own, uh, and granted maybe Evan was just in tune to what was hot 
lot at the time. But yeah, no, his, his solo stuff is very much in line with 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 butt rocky sentiments. Yeah. So, but either go. way, he's trying to tell it, and you just have tell Ted just going like, I don't like heavy metal. Heavy metal is unsexy. I, I don't Even like, the women who lack it are unsexy. Yeah, they just all dress slutty and skanky, and I'm just like, damn, bro. You, do you have just, you? You're from the '70s, fucker. I'm like, damn, bro. Do you have a problem with like women wanting to just like look hot? Yeah, like, women oh. are allowed to just look hot, you yeah. know? <laughs> Damn, bro. Homie needs them to look like they're going to church for him to get a boner. The last person who should be commenting or trying to police women on anything they do, let alone in how they dress, is Ted fucking Nugent. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, yeah. So Evan's trying to teach Ted Nugent a biohazard song. I needed to repeat that because it's fucking funny. And then they start talking about... they. Tra- this is the, the C plot in this episode where they transition to talking about Sebastian and his drinking and then also his dad issues because his now... Like so much is like his dad... I get it. His dad passed away. Maybe Sebastian's a little... Yeah, but at this bummed. point, at this point, at this point, everyone else has talked about it more than Sebastian. More than Sebastian. In fact, then Evan drops the bomb on us that apparently Sebastian sees Ted as a father figure. I'm like, what? In in, in what way? Sure. So then Ted goes. That's more of the questions. Like, Susie, how is Ted Nugent like have like this level of like respect and energy with these fucking nerds? And I thought Ted Nugent. Except Evan. Evan doesn't care. Yeah. Dude, okay, maybe Jason Bonham doesn't even care either. Because Jason Bonham plays in Zeppelin. Jason Bonham, I don't think gets to... I don't think... I'm not going to say Jason Bonham doesn't have an ego. I don't know the guy. But I don't think when Jason Bonham meets rock stars, I don't think he's like, you know, for instance, uh, you know, I don't think he's like, oh my God, it's Paul McCartney. You know, oh my God, it's nice to meet you. He'd be like, oh, hey, what's up? Nice to meet you, Mr. McCartney. You know, he's, he's not... He does He's not... He's a rock star, but he's not like... I don't know how to. I don't, he, he doesn't buy into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just a guy and he approaches these people like they're just guys. Evan was just straight up like, yeah, I only know like two Ted Nugent songs, which, yeah. you know. But either way, yeah. so we're at this point where I guess Sebastian Bach looks up to Ted Nugent as a father figure. And then you have Ted Nugent going, like, I'm, I'm like prideful and proud, I guess, in that situation. But you could tell he's like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, really? Oh. I thought he'd be a little more visibly annoyed yeah, by I it. Yeah, I gotta be dead. No. I thought he'd be a little more visibly annoyed by it or weirded out even because well, I feel like, like I would be. Dude, but you know he's a you know he's weirded out when he's like he he settles down. He's oh not, yeah, he's he not was so serial. He was so like serial, and I'm just like, damn. That's, that's how homie feels when he has to deal with like responsibilities. And then. <laughs> In one of the highlights of this episode, then Ted goes to talk because he tells Evan, he's like, you know, what? I think I'm going to talk to him right now. So he goes to talk to Sebastian and I forget what the lead up is. It's not long, but eventually he goes to Sebastian and he ends up telling him no more drinking, not even a ship. Yeah, like literally there was barely anything. And he just brings up like no more drinking. And I sat there. I was like, pause. Where's the <laughs> criticism? Where's the buildup? Where's the frustration where you like you got to tell us like you can't be drinking. Because right before- he's like. No, no more drinking. Stop it. Because right before that, he's like, listen, I love you, but I love you with a crowbar. And I'm like, okay, he's going to do some like wannabe tough love, old school wannabe bullshit. Wannabe tough love, old but school no, he's, bullshit. But then he's just like, stop drinking. Stop it. 
get some help. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> that it? And then he actually comes with criticism. Yeah. Almost immediately after we unpause it. But yeah, and still. I was like sitting there like, bro, where's the lead in on that? And then he like, oh, that was like the po. It, oh, he comes in actual later. Oh, now he's actually talking. Ted- I don't think Ted's actually doesn't know how to. I think Ted, as much as his wild, charismatic lad that he thinks he is, I don't think he understands responsibility. Ted is a character, and when he has to, when he's in situations where he has to break that character, he does not know how to function. Yeah, I gen- that I genuinely believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, he except uh, Sebastian, not Sebastian. Ted Nugent's a work anyway. So then he's like, "Listen, drinking reduces you. You got," and he's like, he he, he throws out, "You got thrown in jail for it." But then Sebastian's just like, "Dude, I play bars and clubs. I just have drink with the guys." He literally is almost like, "Dude, I play." show and i see with the homies that was basically his yeah, response i play a show and everyone gives me free booze and i'm like fuck it i'm gonna hang out and enjoy myself i mean it's not like rock it's not like the music industry in general but it's not like rock and metal you know tend to uh t- tend to enable that kind of behavior you know but um and then, then sebastian starts talking about how much he misses his dad and i won't repeat anything what he says just because well, I don't want to risk laughing at it because it's serious stuff. I wasn't laughing. I just sat there and say, like, all right, this is a serious moment. We're supposed oh, to you said Sebastian's it. dad was goals. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like looks and yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm just sat in there just going like, yeah, um, Ted's trying to has to play parent with Sebastian. Cool. I did find I don't f- have much else to go here. I with did this. love the juxtaposition that Sebastian's this wild, crazy guy. But his dad is literally was literally the guy like, you know, go fishing like on a like on a mellow Sunday or whatever. But and then maybe have a barbecue on the weekend. I was just like, that's Sebastian's dad. Are you fucking kidding me? Nah. Um. Oh, okay. So, and then, then Ted says, "Listen, I become your new dad. I'm gonna be there." Oh my god! And then Sebastian cries and does push-ups. <laughs> Literally, I was like sitting there and I was like, "Wait, why is he just starting doing push-ups right now?" And then Ted starts going on scenes like he's like he, and then Sebastian's like, "I know it's not just you that's speaking right now. It's the band." Yeah, there's a pause, and then Ted goes, "Yeah." You know, he's speaking to me. He's speaking to you, too, through me. Your dad's spirit. He's lifting you up and pushing you back down with those push-ups or whatever. I was just going like, I thought, like, Sebastian realized this is everyone in the band. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, he was talking about his dad or someone thinks his dad. Oh, the ego. All right. I want you to go piss. Do you want me to pause or do you think you can carry on the show? Uh, <laughs> You want you just pause. Pause. All right. Why not? All right. We're now back. We're, we just finished up just talking. Talking about freaking Sebastian crying and doing push-ups. That's yes, right. So, oh fucking no! Scroll up, scroll up. <laughs> God damn it! I, hey, it's I, okay. I, I it, hey, I, I, I get so it. You're flustered thinking about Sebastian Bach crying and doing push-ups. I don't know what that says about me. But you know, anyway. I, I totally forgot. Was the wardrobe earlier? They were roasting about Sebastian Bach's little like fucking one vest he wears for every show. Oh, yeah, you're and right. Eventually, his fucking stomach just pops on out. And it's like, yeah, hey, yeah. can we like, get something else for that? No one, want, no one wants to see that. And you have Sebastian Bach going. Yeah, they bring it up again a little later. Ugh. But yes, they did bring it up there where there's like, hey, like, where, they're, they're ba- where the ladies basically like, hey, do you want to like wear anything else and he's like why we talking about this is me this is me i think i look because he tries to put on like a jacket or something she's like it's too small and he's like not that small not that small and then later it's like i think it's a little small yeah <laughs> it was like 
they literally was like pause rewind have them say that and then move forward yeah yeah they did they did it was i great. was like damn so then Sebastian, because it's pylon, I think word for word, it was pylon Sebastian day. Sebastian gets brought into a meeting with Doc and Valerie and the other PR guys. Guy. And Valerie thinks that Sebastian single-handedly, she doesn't say single-handedly, but she says that she thinks Sebastian holds the band back from looking modern. She singles out Sebastian Bach, and I'm like, okay, listen, I get it. Get he it. wears the it. tight yeah, yeah, yeah. jeans. He wears the vest. I get it. I get but it. But you're going right. to say that. I get it. When Scott Ian dresses like his personality is craft beers, Ted Nugent, well, the fucking militant. Well, see, that at least would look relevant in 2006. You've got Ted Nugent, the fucking militant civilian. And then I don't even, and I don't even know, I don't even know what you would call Evan Seinfeld. But the point is that Sebastian Bach is the one holding everyone back. Like here's the thing, like freaking, freaking, oh, what do you call it? Mm, yeah, no, Ted Nugent looks like freaking he'd be holding the band back. But Sebastian Bach, maybe ish. I don't know. Let's look up an actual band from that time period. All right, check this out. I'm bringing up a song. From the olden days, that honestly doesn't be bad. I'm doing it, but I'm committed. Fuck it. What? What are you? Yeah. I don't know. We gotta wait for this fucking ad to continue playing through. Uh. Let, let's look up. This is some primo C tier butt rock, freaking drip. We're about to see. From what? What era is this from? This the is, era the show came. So out? this band's called My Darkest Days. Oh, the, I think I've heard of them. This song is featuring Ludacris and Zach Wilde. The song called "Porn Star Dancing." I'm sorry, did you say Ludacris and Oh my God, Dude, that's look Zach, at Zach Wilde? Yeah, look at Zach Wilde. He looks more fucked than Sebastian Bach. He ain't holding no one back. Oh my fucking god! All right, let's check out this like C tier band butt rock trip. The level of ignorance in this music video. Okay, maybe Sebastian Bach could like tame up the hair a little bit. I don't know, but Zach Wilde's relevant. This music video is pissing me off. Why? Because you just can't handle that porn star dancing. Zach Wilde and Ludacris. I think even Chad Kroger, Kroger shows up in the song too. And you know what's funny? You know what the the music video reminds me of? Remember when Five Finger Death Punch did uh, Under and Over It, and like and like how it was shot had, like a video like that yeah, with like strip like, club and shit. Yeah, they had like the bad booty fucking like Las Vegas strippers. Yeah, yeah. God, you know it's funny. I can imagine my brothers being here, or at least John. At least I forget. I don't know which one of them it would be, but I can imagine my brothers, even my dad, being here. They'd be like, you know, seeing me call a video like that with a bunch of strippers in it, as like you know, I'd be like, oh, this video pisses me off. And they're like, why? You know, they'd be like, there's hot chicks. You know, maybe yeah, well, maybe give me a weird drinks. side eye. It's like yeah. you say something about yourself, and it's like it's like listen, just. I don't know. I I can't explain it other than a music video like that just feels like it's insulting my intelligence. I don't care how pretentious that makes me sound, but when you call that music video ignorant, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's what they wanted people to look. That's what they wanted Sebastian Bach to look like. 
drip up the hair, not drip up, but you know, put up the hair, fucking wear some weird black vest shit. I don't know. Who knows? So in this PR meeting, they want him to cut his hair and move away from the leather. He says no to the hair, but maybe to the clothes. Remember that. Now we're on a field trip to guitar shop Edorama. Oh my god, this Edorama fucking guitar trip. For an autograph signing. So the key of this is Sebastian Bach is getting far and away the most attention. Like the most attention. Yeah, even to Nugent's like I don't like that. Yeah, Ted, Ted Nugent is genuinely jealous while like freaking Sebastian Bach's getting attention from nerds and also housewives. Dude, the level of metal nerd that these metal nerds were bad. Was, oh my god. Bad. It brought back I you look like you were re- getting the PTSD flash. Yeah, I was just like fucking cringing in the seat. I'm just going, oh my god, oh homie talk and be like Stop. You literally have him come up to Sebastian Bach. He's like, yeah. Ah. It's like, dude, homie's trying to falsetto scream that Sebastian Bach is like, dude, what kind of living hell would that be if I had to deal with nerds on that and the repeat in my face? Just like they had long, they had long hair, beards, looked like they were in their mid 20s, kind of chunky, not fat, but chunky. One of them These was chubby, long hair metal nerds. One of them was posting up in a nice dirt shirt. They couldn't look more stereotypical. Yeah. The only thing that was missing was a black Sabbath shirt. Oh my God, it was funny. Ted and Jason look annoyed and bored, respectively. Yeah, because they're not getting attention. I think everyone was just jealous. Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld. Evan looked a little almost butthurt that he wasn't getting any attention. And it's like, <laughs> you're a fucking biohazard. Yeah, come on. It's like, come on. Show some awareness. No one actually listens to that band. Just because you open up with every fucking band in the 1990s. That would literally be like if we were at a wizard show and Dylan was mad that no one recognized him from Violent Vengeance. Sure. <laughs> that was, I don't know why. That was the only thing I could think of. So then we see Ted talking to uh, some fans and he said... He told them, now remember, no drugs, no alcohol, no tobacco. And you thought he said no fat chicks. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I, no, I he was, assume that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, he was like trying to tell some kid, trying to play guitar and tell him, like, don't do all these drugs, don't do alcohol, don't and don't be painting pork and fat chicks. And I'm like, whatever, bro. Everyone's got to have standards. Everyone's got to have standards. Yeah, like you have standards. <laughs> so back. <Whoa. laughs> then we cut from a commercial break and come back. Evan is trying to teach Jason Bonham to learn a biohazard song. Well, he's just trying to, and Jason's like, fine, I'll check it out. I'm all about this this hard rock, heavy metal stuff, or hard, like hardcore heavy metal, so Valerie, I'll check it out. Valerie is trying to get Sebastian to to get someone to work on his hair, which, if you'll remember, Sebastian... No, she literally is like, hey, he like said yes for us to bring in a hairstylist, supposedly paid $1,000 to come in and touch up Sebastian's hair, and day of, Sebastian's like, no. No one's touching my hair. No. And it's yeah. like, you said yes earlier. What the fuck? It's like, what part of $1,000 do you not understand? Nah, no, no one touches my hair. This is, it's already perfect as it is. Uh. He throws a very F-bomb heavy tantrum and- Yeah, there's a point he just stops speaking English. It's just beep, 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 beep. And there was like seven of them in a row. Like, I was like, what's the homie even saying? Valerie, at this point, just looks like she has completely given up. She's there. 
it's it's like there's it's like I think they're on day ten still. Maybe they're hey, on day well, eleven. Hey, either way, one more episode. Yeah, it's like either way. It's like she's just like there's only one more day or two more days. She is just completely checked out. They practice Ace of Spades. And I'm like, okay, we're going to get a practice scene. You know, it's a couple days before the show. But then, no, we see nope. them practice for like 10 seconds and then they're going to eat On to dinner. the next thing. Yeah, they're they're showing them sitting down for dinner. They're all awesome. Sitting, yeah, they're having like a sit-home dinner. To, like Danushka made a big old meal. You have Sebastian Bach coming in mostly late, late to like sitting at the table trying to like, hey, Danushka, where's the food at? It's like where it always is on the table. God, why are you so mean? I wonder why. You know, it's a great idea, James. Let's have this show about with all these musicians and put them in a show where they have to become a band and let's barely show them actually playing music. Nah, you gotta wait for the end. <laughs> so then Ted's telling everyone, You know what's hey. the unfortunate thing I feel like next episode? Once they actually start playing music, we're just gonna talk about their performance and there might not be much to talk about. And how terrible it is. Yeah, we'll go like, oh, they play this song and they play this song and there was a little comments here. That's going to be a quick-ass review, possibly. Or I, not. It I'd actually be, be You know what? I'd be okay with that. So then at dinner, Ted's telling him, hey, anytime if your travels ever take you yeah. back to Texas, we own two extra houses. You know, we can hang out and, you know, go hunting. And, you know, hang I out. got a bunch of guns, I, I new guns. A bunch of new guns we could shoot. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Ted, like, said if we're ever in Texas... We're invited to one of his like extra houses. We can just hang out and live the Texas lifestyle and go, woo, we're shooting guns. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Ted's like so nice right now. He's like, it's like we're like <laughs> bonding or something. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, we, we can't hunt these. I forget what kind. He's like, you know, we can't hunt these certain kinds of deer. So oh, they I got the out. I was like, wait, who gives a fuck about hunting deers? Well, because he's like, but the little baby ones come up and they're so cute. You can just look at them. And then Scott chimes in with, yeah, you could punch them. So Scott Ian likes to joke about punching women and punching deers. I think Scott's bad at jokes. Hey, Scott, how about you up your funny, not your money? That's pretty good. Did you just come up with that? No, no. Um, no, me and the homies have been cracking that joke. That's pretty good. So, and then overall, though, I will say, objectively, this was a nice dinner. There was no chaotic bullshit, which was nice. Sebastian's wife then notes that they had that they had been together for 21 years. Me and James were shocked and blown away by that. Oh my! Oh my God! They've been like together and known each other for 21 years. Jesus Christ! We see Jason getting jacked on caffeine, trying to learn a Biohazard song. Yeah, it's just like, dude, that was the most relatable moment with me. I was just sitting there, just like, hey, let's drink some coffee and just sit there, just trying to learn a song. It's like the moment where it's like, oh. Jason's on that caffeine high ridge. It's like, yeah, mm, I'm joyous right now. I'm just trying to sit here and listen to this song. Yeah, just right. I'm so heavy right now. Uh, it's all like cracking jokes. I'm like, wow. Even when Jason's silly, he's the coolest out of the bunch. He's like the best character in the show. Yeah, how dare that the Led Zeppelin drummer is the actual like cool person out of the whole bunch yeah right yeah now i find now i, now I kind of feel he play like what foreigner too or was it yeah it was foreigner. You know, he's he i think he's still their current drummer yeah how dare the one in the actual that's some like good it. guaranteed money yeah you know what i think this is like moments are like you know what even when jason's silly now i feel kind of he's cool and a vibe and i could fuck with him i feel kind of bad for those like four months we talk shit on his dad's band so hey, there is a lot to criticize <laughs> to talk about Led Zeppelin. There is. There hey, is. there's also a reason why Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin. 
Oh yeah, it's I mean, the okay. Good, the good Led Zeppelin is undeniable. Here's the thing: I would rather listen to like 20 Led Zeppelin songs over the three Ted Nugent songs. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I might prefer Led Zeppelin <laughs> over Biohazard. Bro, I prefer Led Zeppelin over Skid Row. <laughs> you know what? Oh, reason. my God. He was in Kashmir. Uh, okay, 18 in Life and Young and you know, Youth Gone Wild are banger songs. Slave to the Grind's cool, too. Yeah, but I'm like, damn, I don't know. I know you don't like Kashmir, but I like Kashmir. Fuck, freaking Stairway to Heaven. But you know what? I think How Dare Zeppelin be a really good band. You really don't appreciate it till you have to compare. You don't it to appreciate the, Led Zeppelin until you hear bands you don't like. Yeah, when you have to deal with these others low to your bands. That's hilarious. Okay, so then, oh, and Evan in the kitchen spills his coffee on the floor, and Dan- I don't know if he did it as a joke or was by accident, but Danushka is just pretty much just straight up like, "Well, you can clean that up," because she's standing like right in front of him. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Like Evan's just sitting there, I was like, "Oops, sorry, I accidentally spilled some coffee." And then Danushka's like, "Yeah, cool, you can clean up yourself." Man, why is she such a bitch? She he calls wow, her. Why he, is she such a bitch? He calls her a bitch on wheels, like. She's to a, her face, I think. Wow, you're just such a bitch on wheels. And then he walks outside, and he's like, he's like, oh man, he's just, I'm like offended. Like, a, a female talk back to me, and this match is like, yeah, dude. Last night, I'm like, where's dinner? She's like, on the table where it always is. He's like, well, fucking excuse me for a living. I'm just like, these people are terrible to her. Yeah, they are. They might just be terrible. Period. So then Jason goes to talk to Evan about the Biohazard song, and Sebastian goes on a hike. And this looks, and I'm not even much of a hiker. I just kind of like, you know, going on walks, but this looks like a, at least a very visually nice hiking spot. Like, no, I was sitting there. I was like, okay, the hills of like outside of Las Vegas would be sick. Cause last time I was in Las Vegas, I'm like, you know, I might consider actually going on a hike. And I was looking it up. I'm like, all right, there is a like some French word mountain, like some French word mountain that's just like out the side of the town. Like that might be low key sick to do while if I was in Vegas the next time, if I'm there. If I have yeah. time to do that. Sure. Yes. But fuck Vegas, period. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah. So then Ted is struggling learning how to play the Biohazard song. Hey, nothing's more certain in life than death, taxes, and me saying fuck Vegas. That's true. Then we cut to... Okay, so it, it was... You know, I wrote it down, and and but I was really quick, and I was trying to remember, but yeah, no, that's what happens. Ted, Sebastian hikes, and he goes on this thing about how, like, yeah, man, I would really, because he's talking about his drinking or whatever, and he's like, man, this is way better sober than if I was hungover. I was, like, sober than when I was hungover, but I'm sitting there, it's like, dang, it's hard, because I had to wake up, like, wake up earlier, and I didn't go to bed till, like, two, because usually I'm, like, drunk, and I'm all sleepy and eepy and ready to crash out. (laughs) And then, yeah, there, Evan is really, really trying to get these guys to learn the Biohazard song. I feel like Scott Ian would have had like the easier time doing it. It's not like Anthrax. Hey, they and eventually so- are jamming it. You just have yeah. like, it's like, fine. You know, it's like, Ted's just not my style, but I'll do it. I'll try it. And it's like, man, Ted Nugent is such an egotistical musician. It's like, I only want to jam like blues rock and not want to actually like challenge myself. I want to play blues rock and my songs. Yeah. Basically. So then we, and then so that happens, we cut to, Sebastian comes back, then we cut to them all in a limo, and they're going somewhere, they don't know why, they don't know where they're going, and it turns out they're going to Fremont Street. 
Yeah, they go to Fremont Street, and then it's like, well, Doc is taking the Fremont Street. It's like, why are we going to Fremont Street? And then we see this corny, terrible, animated advertisement for their fucking band, Democracy, playing some fucking random venue in Las Vegas tomorrow. And I'm like... You know what? That's actually what I wrote here. Terrible animated advertisement. Yeah. And you just have, I was like, you know, and then obviously their egos is like, that's us. We look sick. Yeah. Cause everyone looks rocket. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Cause everyone's drawn up like a superhero. They're all buff with six packs. Ted's (laughs) got like long flowing hair and like a bow and arrow. That's like done up like the American flag. It's the cheapest, horrible thing you ever saw. Unlike the Bam Margera song earlier, where that's terrible and horrible, but you could get some humor out bro, of it. Bro. This was just bad. Oh, bro. I would rather list the, the fucking feel like Bam over Democracy any day. Would you see Bam on tour if he suddenly was just like, I'm a rapper now? <laughs> then see Democracy. Free- if I had free time and it was a $15 ticket, sure. Sure. Oh, there's no way. That fucker would charge 40 Yeah, <laughs> That might be no. Unless I could get it for free. Homie, if Wasp coming through here was charging $40, it's $45 a ticket. Wasn't it 45 Yeah, no. It was yeah. It was like, I'm like, I'm not paying for that. But, well, obviously, Wasp canceled that show, so. Oh, they did? I didn't hear about that. Oh, I mean, I, know, I barely heard about it, too. But I was just like, well, it didn't matter anyway. I was trying to freaking harass my friend that works at the record store to get me in for free. And it was like, yeah, if I walk, it, it was like, I was thankful. I was thankful because my friend Jackson, him and his old, his old lady wanted to actually go in and check out Wasp. So we, so he had reason to go to that show and I would have rolled up with, uh, I was like, hell yeah, getting in the Wasp, see, seeing Wasp for free. G move, but I guess Wasp canceled. So I was like, never mind. Did you I'm hear why, that weekend? Did you hear why they canceled? No. Oh, bummer. Yeah. I just know the homie DMD told me they canceled. I was like, what? Well, I didn't pay for a ticket, so I don't give a fuck. And I was just going to try to get him for free, so I definitely don't give a fuck. Uh, back to where we were about cheesy advertisement. Well, no, because now I'm wondering, you know, like, if you got him for free, would I still have wanted to pay the $45 to go see Wasp? Because I wouldn't have wanted to go see Wasp by myself, I'm pretty sure. And I would have been salty that you got in while I still had to pay. But I think the experience of seeing Wasp, whatever it would have been... Might have made up for it. I don't know, though. So, yeah. Terrible advertisement. Ted looks like a superhero. Then, in a sweet... Sick. Then, in a sweet, hilarious moment, Evan takes his wife, Tara... By the way, the wives are still there. We forgot to mention. Yeah, they But kinda, the wives are still yeah, there. Yeah, they're just hanging out. Well, like, I doubt they're going to leave. I think they're going to watch the show. Yeah. Evan takes his wife, Tara, to a wedding chapel. Sadly, not the wedding chapel that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon got Yeah, we were like at. sitting there. I was like, is it that one? Is it? And it's like, nah. Because that one's called like the Little White Chapel. And I think that one's like the one of the most famous ones. But this one did offer a $45 wedding special, though. So there you go. Uh, to renew their vows. And James commented, this looks like a setup for a porno movie scene. And, and, and it intends and in, and one like they literally I don't know how much you comments you have on their vows. No. So they literally went through, <laughs> did the basic vows and stuff, and then like doing their like revows, and then they started kissing and they started making out all like really sexy like like the father looks uncomfortable. Like they were like smashing face, but then they do a little tongue twisting and kissing necks, and then like the father's like, Yeah, can you please not have sex here? And they're like, all right, we're out of here. 
you know they went and boned. Which is funny because, like, so Evan's kind of a chunky guy, and the father was a chunky guy, too. And he had one of those, like, goatees where it's like, that's the kind of goatee where that dude just looks like he has some sort of hustle. And so I literally wrote in my yeah, notes it's here. it's called a fucking having a church that does wedding vows in well, Las Vegas. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, this. it did look like it was going to be, like, setting up for a scene of a three-way between Evan, this chunky father, and Tara. Yeah. So. Yeah, Tara Patrick Chuck. Chubby Chaser, number three. Vegas, baby. Then we cut to Sebastian. See, Vegas is great. Dude, the Vegas Chub Hunter, featuring Tara Patrick, let's go. Oh, my God. So then we cut to Sebastian and his wife having literally a romantic candlelit dinner with chocolate-covered strawberries. Yeah, they're having a very nice dinner. His old lady is nothing. Has wearing a dress where it's nothing but cleavage. There's a lot of boob. Yeah, there was a lot of boob. But they look like they look. It will look nice. They're having a fun time. Sebastian's not drinking. They're trying to be romantic. Sebastian cracks a joke. Like, all right, kids, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, I'd be doing the same thing. I was like, I'd be sitting there. I was like, all right, camera crew, get out of here. If my old lady is looking this hot, you know, I don't need someone to fucking care in my face. I'm ready to get the business. And apparently they listen to him because uh, that's how the episode ends. And we're sitting there like, oh, usually like episodes have like a climate. No, actually, a lot of these episodes just kind of just. No, no, no. Supergroup has the worst episode endings in the history of television. They have to because the episodes don't end. They just stop. Yeah, they just stop. And you're like, oh, it's over. Thank God. We're on the final episode next time. Thank the Lord. Oh, my God. The show sucks. Thank God. Jesus, this has been the worst show we've watched. Oh my god. This feels like it was this fe- this seven episodes feels like it was more of a chore than listening to the 13 Metallica albums. Yeah, pretty brutal. Well, unfortunately, uh we do we should wrap up and clean up and get out here as soon as possible. Yeah. So, all right, listeners, this was the Triple D Radio show with your host James and Edward. I hope y'all have a good one. Adios.